welcome to the Boxing Now podcast. I am your host, that dude named Dave, aka DJ, and he sits to my left, but he's my right hand man, Jorge. What's going on, man? Uh, not much, man. Had a couple cups of coffee and um, uh, I'm amped. Yeah, man. Uh, man, we got a decent show we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit of Errol Spence. We're going to talk a little bit about Terrence Crawford, a little bit of Virgil Ortiz, a little DAZN action. But before we do all that, let's get it in here. Uh, for people on YouTube checking us out here, click on like, subscribe, click on the bell notification so you can get all these new episodes we'll be dropping as well. Also, for the podcast format, we are on all formats now. So I'm just going to list them off really fast. Pocket Cast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and the big boys, of course. We've been on Spotify for day one, but as of last week, we are now on Apple Podcasts. You can search for us, BMP, Boxing Now Podcast. So click on subscribe, like, bell notifications, wherever you're looking for podcasts, you can find us. That's right, people. We're everywhere. You can't get away from us, Jorge. Isn't that a great thing? We're in your ears. We're in your minds. We're in your soul. Yeah, man, we're all over the place. So I just want to repeat, YouTube, like, subscribe, click on the bell notification. Also, too, we're on Twitch, too. We stream live on Twitch as well. And we're going to have some futures live streaming on YouTube. So we're doing the whole gambit as far as boxing, podcast, the whole nine. And if you do follow us and if you have any questions about boxing, you want to be on the show, you want to talk with and shoot the crap with us. Hey, shoot us an email, you know, hit us up on YouTube, uh, boxingoutonline at gmail.com. Hey. You know, we're, we're open for it. We're a boxing community, you know, so I'm just going to throw out the the lifeline to our fans the people who are following us as well. The last short episode that we dropped as well, getting a lot of views on that. So, hey, there we go. Let's get this thing going, man. I'm ready to go, man. Uh, We had a lot of updates in boxing this week. And what I wanted to bring up, we've mentioned this on several episodes, Jorge, but May is picking up steam. I know we're still in coronavirus season. It's going to be the whole season, a year of coronavirus. The, we're, we're getting a vaccine and people hopefully are going to be able to go out sometime this year. And May being from end of spring, kind of summertime, that transition that we look forward to every year. And boxing is going full steam ahead mainly we talk about him all the time is canelo alvarez his fight is official with billy joe saunders we've been talking about that but it's official official now jorge because we have a date may 8th we have a, a location in texas arlington stadium is it arlington i believe uh or uh, jerry uh, world it, it used to be arlington the old thing see i'm showing my age here you see the gray hairs here you see the grays in my dress here arlington is the you know the town that they're in but that's the old stadium name Exactly. The old stadium name in the town that they're still in. So that is uh, AT&T Stadium. That is the stadium that replaced Thank the old you. Dallas Stadium that was there. AT&T. So uh, originally when Texas was opening up, they were doing like 15000 And now since uh, the governor is going gung-ho to get this money, uh, it's going to be about 60000 up in there. So um, this is going to be a big event because now we talked about how Canelo fought in December. He fought in February, get the mandatory out the way. And now we have a date, time, and location with the broadcast partner with the zone, put it on May 8th. So it's technically not Cinco de Mayo weekend, but because Cinco de Mayo is falling on an off day, you know, but May 8th is going to be, you know, what they're going to use for Cinco de Mayo for Canelo celebration. Big unification fight. We already talked about Billy Joe Saunders, 30 and 0, who also has the WBO super middleweight title. So we've been talking about it for several weeks, several episodes, but now unless someone gets hurt or delayed because of COVID signed, sealed, delivered May 8th in Dallas, Texas, Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah, that is going to be a, I would think for the max seating that they're going to allow, that's going to be sold out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. If we go a little bit past the 60,000 that are being allowed currently. Uh, they're going to try to get as many as they can, I think in there. Cause in this case, the governor's opening up the, the state and I'm actually fine with that. But, in this case, you know, open it up to 60,000. Let's get some fans in there. I'm looking forward to watching some box. I'm looking forward to actually being there. That's what I'm actually wanting to see. Yeah, we might. Uh, we'll see how that goes there. I'm kind of curious what the undercard is going to be. It's going to be on the zone. So uh, we're going to have a combination. Well, not even a combination. I, I keep forgetting that. Not forgetting. just slipped my mind that Canelo's no longer Golden Boy Promotions. And it, it, it baffled my mind for a second because I was reading an article uh, Oscar was talking this week about working with Canelo in the future. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, and, and, and I can see that happening because we've seen Oscar work with Bob Arum. 
I mean, as a promoter and as a fighter, you know, so people come back to other people because there's only so many players in the game. So I just kind of got thrown off for a second. It's like, yeah, he's with Golden. No, he is not with Golden Boy. He is independent, but working with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. So this is a strictly uh, Matchroom production with Canelo promotions, but Canelo really doesn't have a promotion company. He's trying to build it up right now. He got mm-hmm. his name out there. So you see how fighters who try to start their own promotion company, they'll throw their banner above the, the ring basically to get the name going first before they can start signing guys and trying to build, be a promoter in the game. Exactly. In some ways, that's how they're able to also secure additional revenue a part of their fights. Uh, look at the back when the welterweight division, I mean, was big in our day, right? I mean, mm-hmm. talk about Mayweather, Cotto, Peck. I mean, they, they all had some additional banner that would be like Miguel Cotto Promotions, for example, right? Or yeah. Mayweather Promotions, even though they're being represented by somebody else, that was their mm-hmm. way to get an additional cut on their end. So uh, that is that was definitely the model then, and that'll be the model moving forward for a lot of fighters, especially near the tail ends of the career, looking to still being around boxing without having to. Um, you know, take any punches. Yeah. So I'm really interested in that. I've never been to Jerry world. That would be a, uh, that'd be a fun trip to go to, especially the fact that if we have our credentials, we'll be in the front. We won't be in the nosebleed section. Like, we're gonna yeah, be, exactly. We won't be covering seats with, I'm not trying to be sedity. We, we won't be with y'all in the, in uh section like 408 uh, row, uh, triple Z, uh, seats 28 to, uh, 30, you know, that's not going to be us. Even if I wasn't having a credential, I wouldn't be there anyway. No disrespect. I'm gonna pay money to see Canelo. No, we, we, we <laughs> hope we go in there with some nice tuxes, some cufflinks or something, some nice shoes. I'm not wearing no tux, man. I'm Come coming on, to fight. Man. No, I, I can be G about a tux, man. You got to step your game up, man. Uh, Come no. on, man. You can be G about a tux, man. You get, I, you need to see the wardrobe game. My wardrobe game is all impeccable when I want it to be. You, you know what, though? If you need a tux, I need to, we need to go shopping, bro. Let's not talk about my wardrobe, man. <laughs> when I was, all I'm worried about is looking at a fight. Uh, you got to look good at these fights, man. You know the women of these fights be show-stopping. Come on, man. I mean, let's You're real. F- I, I don't, I don't want to sidetrack for a second, but this is my my little uh, sidetrack moment here. So I want to bring this up again. We talk about Miguel Cotto's wife here. If you go, <laughs> you know, if we go, we're gonna be at these fights, Jorge. Come on, man. We gotta get. We gotta get the the wardrobe game going here. We gotta step it up. Here, oh, oh you're wrong. You're wrong. But we, we we go to that fight. We're gonna be at ringside for the fight. No, yeah, yeah. Me, we're gonna look good for the fight. Yeah, have yeah. To. Okay. I, I no, I'm a, I won't go there. I'm, I'm I'm gonna stop here. We need to talk boxing. I'm about to go on a little tangent here about dress and stuff like that. That's that's another podcast. That's a, that's a different podcast for a different format. Yeah, that's man. another that's another podcast, man. So well, uh, we'll go ahead and talk about you know what we wear on the you know when we go to these fights, and then people we'll let the fans decide how dapper I'm looking. We'll have another. We'll have an episode. Our first episode of Dave's wardrobe at Dave's wardrobe. Hey man, I'm just. I'm just saying. You know, I, I like. You know what? COVID has stifled me in my dress game. I'm wearing Adidas sweatpants, Nike jumpsuits. I miss the days of wearing suits. I don't need a tux. My dress game downtown Chicago and Manhattan, New York, boy, was good. So let me stop now before we need to talk about boxing no more, man. So we will be possibly at the Canelo fight. I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a really, really good fight. I mean, we can just joke around about Canelo going to be the favorite in winning and Billy Joe Saunders may be cheating on, on, this, on the juice and stuff like that. That's going to come up in the next few weeks when I start joking around and talking about that. You know, hey, he did get caught. All right. I ain't, I don't care. He got caught and somehow he still got a Canelo fight. So that's boxing. Yeah, it's gonna be tainted <laughs> meat versus the juice. Yeah. So yeah, May 8th, people. Um, it depending on how things go on and state guidelines, and if we can travel and there's no health re- issues, or if you don't feel like traveling, it's on the zone. So you don't gotta worry about it on pay-per-view and selling out 75 or hundred bucks. So if you have the zone, you know, 20 bucks a month. I'm not trying to be an advertisement, but 20 bucks a month or a hundred dollars a year, and you can get your boxing fix on them with them. Exactly. You know, so let's keep it moving here on that note. So also in the zone, uh, the WBC just approved uh Devin Haney against uh Jorge Linares. Yep. So once again. Another fight in May, Jorge. So uh, we're looking at this fight. I believe it's going to be uh, what May twenty third. May May twenty first. That's the twenty first. Twenty first is the fight. But the, one of the other th- uh, the things that left in the contract was the caveat that you have to basically fight Javier Fortuna within the ninety days. Right. That's so they signed with that caveat, that stipulation in place. So whoever wins has to fight Fortuna afterwards. Uh, I know we talked about this in our pre meeting and stuff. Did you have any? What's the details on that? Why Fortuna? I think mainly because of the fact that COVID uh, took fights away for a whole year. And so the WBC is trying to get um, back on the, 
you know, back on a schedule for mandatory things of that nature. So that is mainly looking like the fact that, hey, you know, you fight this guy 90 days. I don't see the fight happening in 90 days, though. What's going to happen is that they will negotiate the fight. And it might take a little bit longer than 90 days because trying to get a site, um, you know, the fact that with COVID more locations is not available. Mm -hmm. So I can see them negotiate in the 90 days, but it's not going to happen in 90 days. They, that's the WBC saying, hey. You need to do this for this to fight to happen. We're good, but here. And normally, both promoters are going to be like, hey, we, we don't want this fight to happen. And we'll wait to September, October, lay down. Because, you know, there's going to be injuries. If there's an injury, it ain't going to happen in 90 days. Yeah, you know, like, you know, we're going to talk about another fight that was an injury, you know, that happened this weekend. But, you know, I mean, it's just it's just the stipulations in boxing business. Like, hey, you do this, you got to do this, but it's not going to. It's not a showstopper. It's not going to happen in 90 days. Yeah, I was one of that. So, I mean, you probably are going to end up most likely whoever wins that fight has an opportunity to probably fight Lopez, right? So if we say, you know, for the sake of conversation, say Haney wins that fight, Lopez had already come out and said, you know, this is a good fight for him. And that if Haney wins that, you know, there's a good reason, there's a good chance that that fight would be the next fight. Uh, so I can see step aside money being paid to Fortuna, whatever it is, how it always goes in boxing business, right? Whatever. There's a bigger fight to be made, take some step aside money to walk, you know, and, or some stipulation in the contract that says you're the next one, you're the next mandatory, whoever wins that fight, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't see uh, Fortuna taking a step aside money. I think he will do this fight right away, knowing his history. I mean, it would really have to be like a, man, a huge step aside money. And he ain't the type of guy's going to get that kind of check. I think that they'll be allowed to delay it a little bit longer because Haney, I, I believe that Haney is going to be the one that's going to win this fight. Mm -hmm. He's the favorite. Linares is still game at 47 and five. Yep. He's, he's a legit bona fide guy, but he is long in the tooth right now. So this is the one fight that you can say like, hey, Devin Haney is kind of getting served up. You getting the right guy at the right time. You need this on your resume. And but at the same time, though, if he's healthy, he can still beat you. You know, he's one. It's, it's one of those type of fights. Yep. So. I see that, you know, the way it's going that Devin Haney is going to win, then he's not going to duck anybody. Of course, he won a bigger fight, but I can see him doing this fight and back to back fights. I know I'm jumping the gun, but if he can win both these fights here, it takes him out of the equation. That he ain't fighting nobody because, you know, he literally has fought two guys who wanted one of the guys don't want to fight anyway. Yep. So it, it's a good look for him right now to get in these opportunities. One thing that did come out with this, though, Tiafima Lopez said that the fact that he's fighting Lenars right now, that him and Haney can fight if he wins his fight. Yeah. He, he, you no, know, they've been going back and forth. We joked around about how Tiafimo said that you're only a paper, uh, you know, champion on certificate. I got these belts. Very good. Yep. A few episodes about that. Um, you can check that out, people. With, uh, when I said, uh, episode Tiafimo Lopez get the bag if you want to check that old episode out because <laughs> he did get the bag. Yes, he did. Um, so the fact that he was talking trash to Devin Haney, but now he's like, yo, you're going to fight Lenars? We can, I mean, it wasn't like he was joking around. He's like, yo, you, you're going to fight someone now, then I can see myself fighting you now. You know? Yeah. So it what we're seeing here is literally a fighter saying, hey, you know, you ain't fought one. Oh, you're going to, now you got some resume. Now we can fight. Now, now you're talking now. That, that's how it goes. So you see, before you was just on something, you just fighting all you young. You know, I'm young too, but you ain't got, oh, you got Lenaris on your resume now? Let's make some money now, guy. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's the way it looks there with that. Yeah, no, I mean, Lopez has already been talking. He needs to get a fight on the schedule anyway. So he was already starting to get the chatter out there. Uh, out in the uh, social media, so mm -hmm. yeah, this this kind of lines up with this fight coming up right here, right? Mm -hmm. And he's got a defense. Uh, Lopez got a defense on June fifth in Miami against uh, Cambosis is his name, I believe. Yeah. So, hey, I'm. That's funny. Finish your thought. I'm glad you brought that up. You brought the date up. Finish yeah. your thought. I'm so. Sorry. So the timing actually kind of makes sense. Now I, I think that's kind of what you're going to start alluding to next, right? Is the way this this fight is being scheduled, right? It's May twenty yeah. first, and then the fight for Lopez is June fifth. So there could be some action where they both win and we end up seeing it somewhere in the fall, maybe closer to like the December time frame. Yeah. And with that, I'm not trying to sidestep here. Um, Thriller, when I said he got the bag, uh, Thriller is going to be promoting the fight here. And the problem, though, is that Thriller is putting on this big, massive event throughout the year. They started with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, and then they got another Jake Paul event coming in April, and they're supposed to be involved in the Holyfield-Tyson fight. We don't know if it's Holyfield, but that's like the, the rumor cat out the bag. And then Tyson comes out today and says that he's not working with Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> People, I, I, I am baffled by this here because... You know, it was such a huge event. Mario Lopez, Snoop Dogg. The next event's going to have Justin Bieber, if you're a Bieber fan. You know, he's going to be performing. The The Black Keys are going to be performing. There's going to be a lot of people here at this fight uh, for the April fight. And then out of left field, 
Tyson's going to say, um, I'm working on my Legends Only League and I'm not associated with Thriller. And I was like, wait a minute, we're talking about Tiafima Lopez getting the back. A thriller paid a six million dollar fee for the fight. We got the Jake Paul coming up. They made what was it close to 1.9 million pay-per-view buys in the Tyson fight. Mm-hmm. And I find this very ironic, Jorge. I didn't want to sidestep here. We were talking about this before. That a week earlier, I saw some documents that show that Thriller has the first right to refusal of the next Tyson fight, the way it was negotiated. It did so successful that whatever fight Tyson has, it, it's basically like a promoter deal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, not a fight-by-fight fight basis, but they have the right to the first refusal. So next fight comes up, Tyson can't just say, hey, I'm going to do this now. It's a fight. It's like, no, we're the promoter. We got contracts here. And then, like, literally, like, five days later, this comes out. Yeah, uh, it's it's baffling. I, <laughs> when you brought it up to me, I was like, oh, Okay, where's this? Where's this headed and stuff? And uh, I, I, I still don't know where, where it's headed. I get where he, what he wants to do. I just you signed a contract. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, everything's gonna come out in the woodwork later. But um, the idea that I literally saw week earlier that Thriller has the first right to refusal. And think about it: any fight promoter in the game, whether you're new or you're, you know, you like Bob Arum, you've been established for seventy years. You're gonna have contracts set up where that, no matter what, like if you're gonna fight again, I got the next fight. You know what I'm saying? Like the winner always, like you see it all the time, where that even in like um, unless it's a fight where it's a mandatory, and unless you have an automatic rematch involved in that, you know. The promoters are like, even if it's someone who's outside the game, it's like, no, I got the, I got your next fight now. And then after that fight, then they can negotiate and you go independent normally. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious how this is going to go legally because Noop Dog invested after the fact. He was in there, then he invested after the fact because he got Tyson involved. So you literally had this moneymaker and there was no talk of Legends only being separate from Thriller. It felt like Legends only is going to be this league and Thriller is going to be the promotional outfit that's going to put it on being that they're the uh, competition of TikTok. So that's something we're going to I'm going to be doing some nerd analysis the next few weeks here, because this next Tyson fight is going to be huge. Then how much money it made that no one expected in Thanksgiving. And now that we could have a possible Holyfield fight, Jorge. And then now you add once again, while we're doing this podcast, the little dynamics of politics and boxing, why stuff happens and stuff doesn't happen. When money gets made so much, we start seeing little things like this happen. Yeah, it's you know something. This venture, this new venture, comes out in its first release. It does mm-hmm. a, it does unexpectedly well, and basically now everyone's like, okay, well, how can I carve out a bigger piece of the pie than what mm-hmm. I got, right? I mean, it was one point nine million pay per view buys, right? That's crazy. Whatever, forty nine a pop. But whatever, whatever my percentage was, what can I do to increase that? Right. So this is where let me ask them too. Tyson and Jones minimum guarantee was one million. They were saying that when it when it hit one point four, that Tyson was guaranteed about fifty million, at wow. least. When it got to like the one point four, and now I'm seeing the numbers at one point eight to one point nine now. So I mean, in 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 that dynamic where you take so much less upfront and then you just wait for the back end, that money's just going to be coming in for the so for years because you're still calculating all this stuff that's going on. So think about it. if you're Tyson, you're like, yo. I mean, I don't know if Tyson involved in this. One thing we do know is that Tyson has not been good with finances with his money. Now I look at this as knowing Tyson in his life and his career right now. I think there's the people behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't want to go too far into this, but one thing we know is that I love his show, Hot Boxing. And there was the host, the original host that was there is no longer on there. And he had a, he did a pod talking about he loves Mike, but it's stuff behind the scenes. The reason why he's not hosting, nor why we see Jeremy Piven on there now. I like Jeremy Piven. He's a good host. I like what the other host did. It was a different dynamic, different vibe, what got me into the show. Mm-hmm. So it looks like that the people in Mike Tyson's corner, the people who were supporting him, his business entities, are kind of driving this because when you look at things where Tyson does things, it doesn't look like something that he's doing. It's like it's management. I know his wife runs his business too. I'm not trying to put anything on his wife, but I just look at his management, his wife, and the other players that are in place are doing these things. Not Tyson per se. Yeah, you know, you're no, you're in agree. I'm in agreement there with I mean Tyson historically, he was ran, you know, his promotional company, the promotional company at the time, Don King, that was having him under contract. Uh, you know, Tyson some bad deals. Mm-hmm. Right. So from a business point of view this would make sense that it wouldn't be in his in his corner right be definitely one of his handlers somebody that's in his business camp who's looking at this and saying hey yeah. this is this there's just some opportunity here missed opportunity maybe in the past that we got to jump on it now now that it's 
uh, you know, basically with the numbers that, were, that they were, exactly, they weren't expecting that they got there and surpassed. So they're definitely looking at, okay, how can we get a bigger piece of the pie moving forward? Okay, maybe maybe we do something on our own instead. Problem is, is there's a contract. So yeah, I think we're, we're going to find out in a few months. Exactly. Because I just find it very, I just want to repeat again. I find it very ironic that literally last week, I'm in my nerd wormhole reading business stuff and Thriller literally said they have the first right to refusal. And then on Sunday, Tyson is saying that I don't work with anybody but my own Legends Only League. Yeah, that, that, and it wasn't like Thriller. It wasn't like Thriller saying like, yo, we got this. It was just like an article on this reading business and it's just the whole details of all these future fights with Thriller. So it wasn't like Thriller was coming out saying, hey, we got Tyson's next fight. It was just me reading news. Yeah, you know, general business, general business information, right? With or without Tyson, that's basically any contract with any fighters. That's basically what the, the, that's what the basically the terms of the yeah what the contract says. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with Tyson. I I I don't know what's going on. If Tyson has a better deal with uh, what he's trying to do on a separate side, um, I just know that Thriller got the money and they're promoting. They did a good job. So I'm uh, hopefully that it doesn't delay anything that's going to happen for future fights. I'm interested. I know you are interested into the celebrity stuff, except for fighters who are fighting old fighters. You said exactly. if, if it wasn't, uh, you know, you're not into the, the other guys doing their thing, you know, but it's entertaining for me. It, exactly. So, I mean, so in a way, I mean, I kind of get what, what Tyson's doing with his legends league. I kind of like that concept. That premise, yeah. right. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm actually looking forward to see what other details he decides when he you know, brings up more information about how he wants to handle that. Mm-hmm. Guys are more curious about the fighters, really. Yeah, I mean, that I mean, right now we got Holyfield, Tyson, and Roy Jones, of course. I can see Roy Jones fighting again. He just can't give it up. He loves fighting. Same thing with Holyfield. Like, you you know, he's still trained. He looks good for a man his age, you know, hitting a heavy bag, you know. But there's a ton of guys that we can think of right now that's like, yo, I mean, if they got in the gym. Like, Oscar De La Hoya, he said he's down to 170, 180 right now. He's in the I mean, I was thinking about right away. Yeah, like, uh, if we want to talk about legends only, and he talked about he wanted to fight. You know, remember the rumors we had mentioned in a few episodes several back about Triple G at one time, and he was talking that up. And then originally that DAZN, when all this stuff was going on between him and Canelo, and to try to patch things up so they can make money, there was going to be a Canelo Oscar De La Hoya exhibition. That was actually on the table by DAZN. I'm not making this up. That was there. And I'm like, man, I mean, Canelo was, I mean, in a way, Canelo's pissed off at him with the contract. He probably would have murdered Oscar that night if that would have happened. I would probably say anybody in the last 20 years has retired or has, you know, I would say probably look at any of those fighters that somebody puts in, right? Anything within like 50, age 55 and maybe, you know, 40, right? And I can probably rattle off a couple of names that may not be there now, but if it was something that actually picked up stream, it would make a lot of sense. I mean, I can see mm-hmm. James Tony doing something like that. I hope you don't. No, no, I'm dumb. No, I love Tony. He for for this. No, no, no. He 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 ain't got no. He can't talk no more, man. He's he's like Terry. He's like was a uh, Terry Nunn. Is it Terry Nunn? I'm thinking of who lost to uh Chavez. Uh, um, man, I hate that I did this. Uh, people, if uh, you can correct me, the fight that Chavez lost that Richard Steele caught off with two seconds left. Uh, terrible Terry Norris. Yes, that's Terry funny. Norris. I knew it was t- yeah. So, uh, he is talking like that. If you've seen, if you've seen uh, Tony, I mean, he, I mean, it's night and day, his speech and vernacular. I mean, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say he has Alzheimer's or he has what the the symptoms that maybe Ali may have Mm. a Parkinson, whatever it is, his motor skills are so diminished now. I hope that no one gives him a boxing license, even if he's destitute for money, he is his his speech is that bad now like if if i showed you a speech mm-hmm. him, him talking um what's a good example the draw fight one of his best fights at cruiserweight i recommend anybody why i think that was in 2001 or 2003 when he fought Jiroff at cruiserweight oh my god that was a damn good fight for tony mm-hmm. you watch that fight and look at an interview from two years ago he talks like he's like 80 years old man it's sad i mean He's had a lot of fights. I mean, and then, you know, the end of his career, he was, you know, he got caught doping for steroids. Reason why he's not in the Hall of Fame now, you know, but I understand if this, you know, Tony is is a legend. I love him as a fighter. Dude was a beast, but I do not want to see him fight no more, man. I do not. I mean, there's certain people who do not need to get in the ring. I know, like, I was talking about how Tyson and how 
He had mental illness problems and anxiety and everything that we've seen Tyson go through. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we've seen him do the transformation, we've seen him do the work. We even though people may be against him, you no know, marijuana, even though it's legal, marijuana has saved this man's life. You can tell the way he uses it. He uses it for his treatment, the way he talks. He's a whole different person along with his healthy lifestyle now. And with him boxing, you can tell that this has given him life again. James Tony, it could be another punch and this dude's in the, in the hospital forever. I mean, that's how he's, that's how bad he's talking. I, I didn't want to go this long on it, but it just so it, I, you brought it up. And the first thing that came my head was his last interview I saw because Freddie Roach trained him for so long. And mm-hmm. I said, you know how bad Freddie Roach is. He is on the same status of Freddie Roach speaking right now. I mean, Freddie Roach got Parkinson's. So I wasn't, so James Tony, I mean, and I wasn't aware of what was going on with him in the last, like, I haven't followed up with him mm-hmm. in the last year or so. So I didn't realize what things were that bad, but yeah, I would say, it's so, so, so it's, I mean, it was a good example if things were okay, but I would say any other fighter that would be like of that ilk. Yeah, right. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I could see I could see a Klitschko, either Klitschko, one of them, not both of them. Oh, they both look good. I seen um the old one, Vitaly. Yeah. He was working out last week. He could fight today. I actually want to see Lewis. Lennox Lewis to see. Oh, that. Lennox Lewis looks damn good right now. I, I, I want to see that. I would. I, I, it's a fight that I wanted. To, I would love to see again. Man, I was. Lewis I follow. Him, I follow him on Twitter, and he was talking. And yeah, I mean, of course, he looked different. He looks older because he cut his dreads off. He got yep. the bald head, but he looks so good right now. He's in shape as well. I mean, Vitaly's in shape. Uh, Vladimir. They were talking, trying to get him out of retirement because mm-hmm. no, he just fought was a few years ago. You know, so like guys like them, I don't know who would fight them at heavyweight. They would see the brothers fight for exhibition for like eight rounds and see what happens. Oh, they won't fight. If they're going to do that in real life, they're doing, I mean, in a real match, they were going to do that for, in, in a sparring match and stuff. But I can see somebody like Vitali and Lewis. That's what I'm hoping like, for stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Or either one of the two, Vitali or. Oh, 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 against uh, against Lennox Lewis, exactly. one of those two. That'd be part of the Legends Only League, you know. And that and that and that would be exciting for me. That'd be like, okay, I'm paying. What, what's the price tag? I'll pay. Yeah, because yeah, that would be worth watching. I'll I'll pay fifty seventy five dollars to see that. Long as it's a decent undercard and things of that nature. So yeah. yeah, um, yeah, there could be several people that could be involved. But I brought that up because I thought that was funny that happened today. I was not going to talk about this in the pod. So I literally before you got here, like twenty minutes before, and I'm like, what the yeah, hell? yeah, you're just bringing it up on me and believe me, I was, I like, was not going to bring it. I, I probably would talk about it last week, next week, if it didn't come up. The way I look at it, I was like, wait a minute, what's this on Sergeant Tyson? Man, come on, I want to see you fight again. Like, I'm I'm in the Tyson exhibition game now, and this could delay things. That's why I brought it up today. So, yeah, so I mean, we'll probably get more information on the business stuff uh, the next couple of days, weeks, months, and then we'll report it as we get to it. Yeah, so let's get into what happened last night. We're recording this on a Sunday, March 21st, here, and on March 20th, we had. Maurice Hooker on the zone against Virgil Ortiz. And this isn't for people who don't follow their welterweights. And Virgil Ortiz pulled it out, got a seventh round knockout. I'm not going to uh, go over every nut and cranny of the fight. I want people to check it out on their own. If you go on the zone, you can actually check the highlights out or watch the whole fight. It's only seven rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Ortiz is a very good fighter. He is now what, 16 and 0 now, Jorge? 17 and 0. 17 0. He was going to 16 0, going to the fight then. Mm-hmm. Okay. 17 and 0. He's got 17 knockouts now? 17 knockouts. Yeah, now. yeah. So he is a very, very good young fighter. And I had mentioned uh, several episodes ago about him fighting Terrence Crawford that we'll get into because he was actually at the fight. You know, yes. I, that's what I love too. I love to see fighters at fights. I brought this up before and I'm going to bring it up again. It's good to see fighters at the fights. I like to see them fight knowing that like they're fans of the sport too. I've brought that up many times. It was a good fight for him, but I really, and I think that he would be Maurice Hooker anytime, right? I think that it would have been a better fight if Hooker was not off as long as he was due to COVID for the whole year. And he was rusty. So the, so those first three or four rounds that Ortiz banked in there, that was Hooker trying to get his legs back. And I think he probably run one, like one or two rounds, depending on how you scored it. Maybe rounds four or five or I, five I, or six. By the end of the How'd fourth you, round. Did, did you get many rounds? I had a tied to two. I thought in the third okay. round, he did. The third round, I thought he did well enough to win that round. The fourth round, you can tell it was his round, and Ortiz was having to make make an adjustment slightly in the fifth round and stuff. Which so I had it even by the time the fifth round started and stuff. But things look different after that. Okay, so I mean, I had it like three rounds to one or four rounds one for a two at certain points. You know, I was giving Ortiz those early rounds because of that. Um, I'm doing this pause because I'm trying to not be disrespectful. I'm trying to get the right words out. Ortiz is a good fighter. I do not see him 
having a chance against Terrence Crawford because so, that was the basis of this fight here. Seeing him win, Crawford being at the fight, and it was rumored. I had talked about it, but I didn't go into detail about it. And I, I could let you speak on this for a second here. I honestly do not see him doing anything with Terrence Crawford. If anything, I look at this as the same situation of when Golden Boy Promotions put um who's the Latino fighter who fought uh um who fought De La Hoya and uh Trinidad too young. Oh, Fernando Vargas. Fernando Vargas, you know, for, Vargas had like good 20 fights under his belt before he fought Tito, he was Olympian, right? Olympian, Olympian, yeah, uh, he was a middle winner. I think it was a bronze middle winner. Yes, yes. So I'm looking at that in the same but I'm looking I really think that Oscar is in a tough spot right now and his guys want fighters and like of course with losing Canelo and then the beefy guy with Ryan Garcia he's looking at it's like okay I need to be more of a fighters promoter and he's talking more legible these days and it seems like he is looking like he's want to serve Crawford up I so after you watch the fight you're going to look at both, you know, Ortiz won the fight, but you're going to look at Ortiz's face and you're going to say, you look like the one that lost. And that's because you had to take a lot of punches to get there. Um, I think Hooker, if there wasn't, if COVID wasn't here, and that, you know, and that's just, you know, obviously it's all theory, but if he was able to had another fight or two in the last year and a half before fighting Ortiz, I think he might have given Ortiz a better, a bigger challenge. I think he would have moved a lot better. I think he had the right idea early on, and then I just didn't think he had his legs under him to move around where he needed to move around. So uh, with that said, but but you look at Ortiz's face, you look like he lost the fight. He won, but he has to eat a lot of punches to get there. Very strong fighter. Good power on both his hands. I don't like the idea of him fighting Crawford. And, and Errol Spence was also uh, in attendance, So and they're both in the, in the welterweight division with Ortiz. And I didn't I don't like the idea for Ortiz to fight either one of them because he's still too young. When mm-hmm. you have 17, I mean, and this was like, you know, and this was he's not Edgar Berlang got 17 knockouts, you know, and 17 first rounds. No, right? it's, it's accumulation it's, of punches to get the knockouts. It ain't one punch hitter quitter power. Exactly. So so he's basically good enough to get you worn down and, and finish you off. He's good enough to also knock you off in the early in the early parts of a fight as well. Look, don't, but it's not against any world beaters exactly. that we're looking at. We ain't, we're not seeing him doing that against a Sean Porter or or even like a Kel Brook who's at the end of his career. He's or, a prospect. Yeah, right now. he still is. We're not seeing him do this against any of the top ten welterweights right now. But he has a name. He has power. It's easy to sell when you're seventeen and zero with seventeen knockouts. That's 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 good for the public to see. Okay, here's Terrence Crawford on ESPN, power for power one or number two in the world, depending on we've seen so many or number three. And then here's this young up and coming guy who's seventeen zero, seventeen knockouts. Can he give Crawford any kind of hassle or problem? He's a good fighter. He looks. I I don't want to use the word basic. I don't want to use that. He has great skills. He has good footwork. But when I compare him to Crawford, it's basic. It looks basic. Yeah. In a sense, like here's Crawford, who I see as a great fighter. And then you see Ortiz. Who knows if if he could stay away from Crawford and have like like a good three or four more fights. And then we see him at like 22, 23, you know, against him, you know, whatever then. But I do not like this fight. I we did a pod last week when we talked about Sean Porter we both agree the fight that needs to happen if it's not Spence is Sean Porter for him like he they they both need dance partners and we talked about this here mm. and Porter is a guy who's a two-time division champion he had the IBF belt as well as the WBC belt he any guy who's been in the ring with him you can make an argument depending on if you're really a big sean porter fan or not that he won those fights or of course in the spence fight that if he didn't have the knockdown that those two rounds could have been differently like he's in every fight he only lost what three fights in his career yep so and he who he's lost to has been the top guys yep so kel brook in his prime and then of course thurman and then spence so i we're not seeing crawford fight thurman I mean, I don't want to see that right now. Thurman needs to get back, get the world back to healthy here and fight a few guys. You know, maybe a rematch with Danny Garcia. I don't want to see it, but at least fight somebody. Uh-huh. I know, Jorge. Don't don't kill the messenger, man. I know, man. I'm just saying he needs to fight somebody. I just threw a name out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know, man. Come on. Don't do that to me. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Come on. 
But Ortiz, I, I need to see him. I would like to see him fight Adrian Broner. I want to see uh, Maurice Hooker fight Adrian Broner. We could probably get to that in a second. Uh, but I want to see, I mean, when we come to welterweights, there's Spencer Crawford, and that's it. Like, there's every, we talk about Porter, but they're the two guys. They're Hagler Hearns. They're Hagler Leonard, whatever. Whatever you want to put the two. They're Floyd and Manny. You know what I'm saying? They're Floyd and Cotto. They're Cotto and Pacquiao. Whatever name two you want to put some names for, they're the two guys, Jorge. Yep. And if it's not going to be them, it needs to be Porter. It's, it, it, Ortiz is good. He gave a good showcase. But I don't think, I mean, take away a year and he doesn't break, and Hooker does not break his elbow or wrist, whatever that fluke injury throwing that punch before the body shot came on him. I mean, it would be a, a closer fight. I still think Ortiz will win. It will be a closer fight. I think, you know, like I said, Hooker looked like, like you mentioned before, right? It's about three, four rounds for him to get his legs under him. I, I think whatever, if he fights Crawford, Crawford would do what I think Hooker should have done to him if he actually had a couple more fights before, you know, before fighting Ortiz and stuff, which is basically be able to throw, throw sit on your punch when you need to sit on your punch, give him the angles mm-hmm. you want to give him, and be able to fight at a distance. You had an 80-inch reach advantage. You should have been able to yeah. fight him at a distance well enough. And he was eating jabs. He was eating jabs for the entire night. So you should have been able to move better and be able to sit on your jab when you need to yep. at, at points in the fight. So I think Crawford would be able to do what Hooker was supposed to have been able to do. And like I said, no, no. I think Hooker suffered from COVID rust. Yeah. And basically not able to do the game plan that I think he wanted to do. Because I think he was trying to do that in the first early rounds. And then once he saw that he was behind in the fight, mm-hmm. he needed to kind of uh, trade with them. And that was, that was never, I think that was never the idea, right? You don't want to trade with a knockout artist. You want to basically, you know, basically fight your fight and then trade when you need to, but not necessarily, you know, for several rounds at a time in a row. So, mm-hmm. so, so I think. Crawford would do that to him, and and I think do it easily. I just do, do it easily, and, and him, I think Crawford would kill him. I think I Crawford mean, would hurt I him, think, not kill him, but hurt him well mm-hmm. enough to knock him out. I think Crawford would just stay in southpaw stance. He wouldn't even go orthodox. He would just go southpaw and just man, just go to, go to town on him, man. Yep. He, it, it's not going to be pretty. So I had just mentioned this here too. So what do you think? about i brought adrian broner in the mix here because he won his last fight we talked about it a few episodes ago so what do you think about adrian broner you know possibly fighting hooker like you know because no ortiz is on the bigger better things now he got the fight we're looking at a crawford fight we're talking about that but for hooker i mean that'd be a good fight i mean for him and adrian broner at 147 or maybe they do it at 143 144 i know how you feel about catchways oh jorge but i'm just saying like no one broner that will be part of the discussion. But Hooker and Broner, man. That's... Uh, so that would be the contract agreement. I think on Fight Night, it'll still be at 147. Yeah, probably. But... So so, so uh, I think that would be a good fight for Hooker next. And I think that'd be a good fight for Broner next. I think it'd be a good fight for Hooker because there's really no threat of him getting knocked down by Broner. That's just... Right. Broner doesn't have the power at 147 to do the damage that Ortiz did to Hooker. So I think for Hooker, that's a good return, you know, return of relevance type fight. You know, the, I mean, to me, he didn't... Look bad losing to Ortiz. He looked good to me still. He just would have looked better if he injury you know, year. I you know I forgot what trainer it was. He mentioned a good point that the next year to two years, we're gonna see guys who are not supposed to lose lose. We're gonna see guys who are gonna lose and lose bad. Yep. And then we're gonna see unexpected losses because the fact that guys are not fighting. Exactly. COVID is gonna jack up the game. Now, for a guy like Hooker, like I said, he signed off for a reason that golden boy knew that this would be a good test mm-hmm. for ortiz you know but it would have been a closer fight i believe if he everybody's active so we're gonna see a lot more fights like this where guys who you know it's like oh wow seven rounds he didn't look that good and it's like man you've been out for 15 months normally you know you hear that from injuries that you're off and then you get a touch of fight maybe no these guys ain't you can't really do touch of fights when you want to get that bag again you've been out for a year you got to go straight into these fights now because you can't make these tuna fights that's not going to make no money for the promoters the- prospects that are coming you know that are on the verge and stuff this is this is basically kind of to their advantage at this point where they can be for the most part they're training they're training even during covid season so they're not fighting but they're training and they're twirling and, and they got youth on their side so mm-hmm. i think for any up-and-coming fighter and stuff that's undefeated right now who i mean they're, they're, that's basically set up for them i think the veterans are are, are gonna are the ones that are hurting with the covid uh covid restrictions right now I'm doing that because I'm adding to talk 
with Spence and Crawford. Oh yes. Um, we saying that Ortiz will get killed if he fought Crawford. And that's what kill him too. <laughs> <laughs> Crawford was on the DAZN telecast mm-hmm. talking. He's no DAZN doesn't care. No, one thing I have noticed about the zone compared to other broadcasts, they know they'll show the pictures of other fighters. The zone is talking to them. They realize that they need the pub and they don't care about affiliations. Like, as long as you're not fighting, we can talk to you. Yeah. They're talking to everybody. If you even if you're with the PBC, Fox, ESPN, it don't matter, right? So Crawford is on this hill with the Spence fight 50-50. And he's saying that the fight is not gonna happen. He's not gonna talk about it no more. He's upset, he's pissed off, blah, 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 blah. Right. And the irony is that you know, Spence was there. And so when you saw Spence and you saw Crawford, people were actually booing Crawford. Because mm. you know, Spence is a Texas guy, he's homegrown. They, you know, Texas, they love their own. They they're not gonna deviate. Yep. You, you could you gotta do something super and still, yo, if you if you undefeated like him, they're gonna love you. You you Texas yep. Royal, especially if Jerry Jones loves you too. Jerry Jones loves some Aero Spence, man. That's my guy too. Shout out to Aero Spence. But Crawford is holding on to 50-50. And in a perfect world, I can see why he wants 50-50, an even split fight. Spence is saying, nah, bruh. 60 40 even 70 30 and when i beat you guys coming up and i get this wba belt and i have the wba belt the wbc belt the ibf belt and i think he has the ring belt too and all you got the wbo belt and you ain't got no resume at up at what way except for a kel brook who i beat undefeated in his hometown and knocked him out you can say what you want about triple g he was undefeated at welterweight he had the title and i beat him in his hometown at the fly across the pond and thirty thousand people in hostile waters here so spence is saying nah you ain't no 50 50 and, and crawford's like 50 15 is going to be no fight. So, what I want to hear your thoughts on it because I, I am very, I have high thoughts on this. So I want to hear what you got to say. I got some flashbacks to Roy Jones and Bernard Hopkins. <laughs> we need to get them on like on a, on, a, on a FaceTime or something where basically oh, Spencer's yeah. facing Telly. I'm 60 40. I beat your ass. 60 40. I beat your ass. I walk off the set. That is, that is classic. That would, I, I, basically, I, I would love for that, man. I would love to just to see that. That would take me right back to mm-hmm. it, and, and and it actually get me pumped to see that fight too. So. Oh my god, I, I remember <laughs> that was I. I showed you the clip originally, uh, but I remember being a kid watching that on Showtime. Could you imagine? Like you, you know how I am now. Could you? I I forgot what year it was because I'm just gonna throw a range like like the 12 or 13 year old version of me, and like the 12 or 13, we were like friends back then, and we we're watching this. Like could you? I mean, it was it was so fun. That's why I brought it back up to you. Like you. You can't make that up. That is so classic. But Spence is on his Roy Jones right now. Spence is on his Roy Jones. Hopkins is on his Hopkins, and they're yeah, definitely talk, his, they're yeah. talking. And they're and based what it is, they're publicly negotiating uh, the numbers and stuff. I think at the end of the day, uh, we talked about this before. I mean, they're probably they're they're building it to a certain degree socially in the public and stuff to basically get the fight to where if it's sixty forty. 55 45 whatever number gets him there basically spence is saying i have to have the higher end of that mm-hmm. and i at the other day crawford you're gonna get that money anyway so don't worry don't worry about the numbers i get i get you know i get the hill that you're on do what you have to do on that hill but you know 60 mm-hmm. 40 you know someone's ass gonna get their ass <laughs> um i i i'm gonna stay on the fact that Crawford's not getting 50-50. This is the age-old boxing promoter thing where you're trying to get your worth. And the problem is that it, boxing is not just about the sport. We hear all the time, it's the business. We Floyd made that evident. This is it's not just a sport. This is his job. This is a business. And guys negotiating for every penny. And what did I say a few weeks ago? Boxing, every fight is a going out of business sale. They got to get as much money as possible because every fight is going out of business. It's not a league. It's not basketball. It's not schedules. They fight when they can fight. One punch can end their career. It's a Every fight's going out of business. And the issue that we have here is the fact that Spence has every right to hold on to what he wants to hold on to. As mu- the thing that Crawford has on his side is the fact that ESPN is paying him a gang of money because they're the worldwide leader. They're paying for content. And, of course, he's a face, so they're going to 
treat him with the royal carpet and treatment. That's what happens when you're the face of a network to a degree and they're paying you top money. The problem, though, for Crawford is that what he produces, the generator of money of coming in and out is not the same as Errol Spence. Now, I will preference to say that if anybody who watches this pod, listen to this podcast and say, well, uh, Spence last pay-per-view with Danny Garcia didn't do as much. It didn't do as good. And yeah, that's true because of COVID and everything like that. And we're seeing the fatigue of people who want to order stuff and not whatever the case may be, right? The case of the point is that his lowest pay-per-view is still higher than Crawford's highest pay-per-view. And then his other pay-per-view he's had was over 300 buys with Sean Porter. And then on top of that too, he has, he has put in massive butts in Texas. I mean, in Jerry world, the hundred thousand seats, he didn't do a hundred thousand seats. They didn't have a scale to that, mm. but he fought in Jerry world and had big numbers there. TV numbers there. He also fought. Jerry Jones also has a, a practice facility mm. as well. That could be people's home facilities that I think they did like 20 or 30,000 for Spence. And then I think that fight was like leading after the Olympics or something like that. It was on a Saturday afternoon. I forgot what it was. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong with the time on that. But he does numbers in one of, the, if not the biggest state in the United States. And then he's done pay-per-view numbers. And if you're Crawford, your only pay-per-view model, you did like 90,000 in um, when you were doing a unification fight at 140, you have not even touched a pay-per-view fight because the numbers were so low and that you have not had a dance partner to even go back to a pay-per-view format. So if we were to look at the pure money side, just take away the belts. Let's not talk about belts. If we just look at the, I mean, Crawford does good numbers in, in, in his home state, but they do not compare to what Spence does in Texas. And then you add the fact that the multiple pay-per-views and then the one, and you you cannot sit on 50-50 if you don't bring in the kind of money that Spence does, even in the down fight for Spence. I think Crawford's biggest problem is that he is a little, you know, he's local, Omaha local boy, and he is not, it's a small town. I don't care what anybody says. It's a small town in the middle of the Midwest, and you got Texas. Texas is, Texas is huge. Texas got a huge. The stars are bright. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, in the heart of Texas. Exactly. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. So I, mean, I, I had to do then, that. That was lame, people. I know I had to do it. That was. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I had to do it. That's a bad rendition. But anyway, <laughs> you know, Texas. Hey, is huge. I can make fun of myself. Hey, if you can't make fun of yourself, who can, people? Self-deprecation is uh, it's a good thing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Texas. Yeah. You got all these cities, big state. Huge population, huge fight towns. I I think you're you know no matter what you're 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 going against Crawford's going against the green on that one. So mm-hmm. I I think you know so you know Crawford being from the Midwest in that 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 in that state of all you know all states and stuff. You know it's a it's it's you know I'm not trying to put anybody down from Nebraska Omaha. Not, yeah. No disrespect, but no no. You, know, you guys are it's, it's small a time different USA, ball game. Small it's, time USA. You're not in it's it's not a different big league, ball exact different ball game. And then let's add too, it's not helping Crawford when your own promoter threw you under the bus a few months ago. You had this tit for tat argument that was going on, and to the fact that Bob Aram said that he could have built a beach, a brand new million dollar beach house for the money he's lost off of you. So when you're negotiating a fight and your own promoter says I'm losing money off of you, you can't it's you you're already going for losing battle for 50 50 you can't say i want 50 50 when this man's making money and then my own promoter saying that i could have built he could have built a million dollar beach house off of it. It, it you know i mean sometimes you have to get you have to give in to the to the lower demand to get the fights you want like let's throw an example here we we had to do a dedication to uh marvin Hagler. you know mm-hmm. of course it didn't go his way for the ray leonard fight i mean leonard was smart for the negotiating that he did but there was negotiating that Hagler had to have to get the fight at the same time the other fight there's other ne- deal points is that if he didn't do it he wouldn't have got the fight with leonard but he stuck to his gun on certain things as well that he got the fight and when it you know sometimes you have to fall back and now right now he don't think he has to fall back because he's making a gang of money right now espn so if he fights uh, Virgil Ortiz next, right, mm. he's going to make anywhere from three to five million. So, y- you know, ESPN is paying him handsomely. I mean, who knows on the low end, maybe two, you know, three, but they're, he's making seven figures per fight. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He's not making one million. No, ESPN is paying him handsomely. So he's looking at it like, I'm getting it. Like we talk about other fighters. We talk about Devin Haney. We talk about Ryan Garcia. I'm making this amount of money. I deserve this here. The problem, though, is that this guy is making this money here, and he's pulling this here. And the, and the average public can see that. Yep. 
you know, if you're in Nebraska and you're selling out a stadium, that's nice. If you're doing Jerry World, that's next level. That's next level. And then Jerry Jones is in the ring with you and he's hugging up on you. Jerry, if, if Jerry Jones is your best friend, Hey man, life is good. That's good living. Right? That's, that's yeah. a good friend to have right now. That's man. a good friend to have in Texas if you're looking to sell out and and he's living. Money. He's he's trying to go out this glory years right now, man. He out here. He po- he ain't even pole pimping. He just pimping out here. You seen the videos of him and those two young ladies in the elevator, drunk as ever, looking scummy. He, you know he was drunk because he was bloodshot red. It wasn't like he was blushing. Like I got these two beautiful women. He was. Ugh. I don't want to talk about him like that, but he, he's getting his Hugh Hefner on. That's what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, you know, he in his 80s and he a billionaire. Jerry, I mean, the Cowboys are worth several billion dollars. He's in his glory years doing it. And Daryl Spence, you got a best friend like that who's a billionaire. And you, yeah. Crawford, take the 60 40. I don't want to be in your pockets. You might want to take the 60 40. And the reason why I'm saying that is because look what happened to Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. I'm not comparing them to, but they were the two guys at welterweight for six years. The fight happened, of course, because I think Spence maybe followed that model of Al Heyman. The longer you wait, the more anticipation, the more money is going to be built up. Manny didn't get 50 50. Remember, the minimum guarantee was 100 million, 80 million. Mm-hmm. And it was all said and done. Floyd got, what, like almost close to like 300 some million now. It's close to said and done. And Manny made like 150. Mm-hmm. You know, they both made a gang of money, but Manny was not getting 50 50. You know, I mean, there are certain fights that is not going to happen 50 50. Now, if Crawford. I want to add, I'm actually Dal Crawford could have got Manny Pacquiao and he beat Manny and had two belts. And we talked about that in our first episodes. Yep. If he got that WBA uh, belt and he had two belts and he would have the bigger name on his resume, then they can go on 50 50. At this point, then I'll blame Errol Spence if fight not happening. Yeah, no, you're right about that. We've talked about that. I agree with you on it. I mean, it's, it's the, the leverage needs to be there. If the leverage isn't there, then, then you got nothing else to default to but the hill that you're on. And at this point, the hill that you're on is not, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not a good hill to die on right now. Right now it's definitely looking like it's like, like, like it's on you and, it, and you need to bother me seeing that, man. I want, I mean, I, he want to put it absolute cause he's pissed off. You know, he wants this fight so bad. It's a career paid. I mean, if the numbers are where they're going to be, if they had like an end of the year, I could see them both making 10 million each on this fight. It's, it's a big fight. It's not the biggest money fight. You know, the biggest money fight, of course, that we talk about is Joshua and Fury. We talked about that last week, mm-hmm. but this is the best fight that can be made. And you know what though, with the right people behind it, like ESPN and then of course, Fox blowing this out the water promotion wise, this could make a lot of money, you know? So I'm just hoping that, I mean, 70-30, I think, is pushing it for Spence. I see where Spence is going 70-30. That's just to piss him off. Yeah, that's, you know? that's more for aggravation. Yeah, man. you know, it's like, first of 60-40, but if he said that I'm sticking to 60-40, I'm not mad at Spence at that. Yeah. Because the numbers dictate he deserves 60-40. You know, so, I mean, um, we'll see what happens on that. But, man, I, we were just literally talking about that and the fact that I was actually amped to see him fight possibly Porter because Al Hammond gave him the green light, and we talked about that last week. Yep. But, We'll see. Maybe he fights Ortiz. Maybe then he fights Porter, and then maybe next year we get Spence. Uh, and and, and look, maybe. And I, 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 I hope it is an Ortiz. And the only reason is I, I don't, the young man can fight. I want to see if he's got a better career. You know, I want to see him improve himself along the way. There takes too many, to me takes too many punches to get into to get his punches off. So I would say Ortiz, don't don't fight Crawford yet. Mm-hmm. Don't fight anybody. You're still a prospect, and just. Go with the flow on that one, right? Your, your time will come eventually. Yeah. Let, the, let those veterans do, uh, do it out themselves. So on that note, uh, let's do some quick hitters here before we close the show out here. We were talking about David Benavidez the last few weeks here, and there was some chatter, Jorge, about him and Jamal Charlo. <laughs> um, Benavidez had a nice win last week. We didn't talk about it. Um, yeah. But he had a, I believe it was a, well, the seventh round knockout as well. Uh, it was, it, it, it was classic getting the rust off. You know, he beat a guy that didn't deserve to be. There's no way that this fight would have been a legit fight before COVID. Sure. This, this was literally a tuna fight for the way it was. You know, got the rust off and got the win. Looked good at it. You know, trying to. He he's saying the right things right now. He's talking about wanting to build himself up for a Canelo fight. And I like that he talked like this. I want Canelo, but I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. I'm going to win these fights here. So this is the first fight off of it. And he's calling out guys who I know for a fact he's not going to fight right now. Like, of course, you call it Caleb Plant, right? Yep. We know that Caleb Plant, he's not fighting him. 
Caleb Plant just won. We did a show about that. Mm-hmm. He hit the lottery. He kept his IBF belt at 168, and now he's sitting there waiting for Canelo. Yep. If you, I understand what Benavidez is trying to do. He's getting his name out there. But let's just be 100 and call a spade a spade. Caleb Plant just got the W. He's sitting back for that Canelo sweepstakes. He got the golden ticket like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory right now. He's waiting to see a Billy Joe Saunders lose it so that he gets that September date. So I understand what you're doing, Benavidez. Not happening with Caleb Plant. So what do you do? Start arguing with Jamal Trollo, who like they like to argue. Both those like to argue. They like they just argue for sport. They just want to argue just because they hate they hate people sometimes. You know, they just want to just just you know just mouth off people. <laughs> and you had brought up the one point a few weeks ago of um the the catch weight. <laughs> oh yes, there was a catch weight, and I believe that it was Ronnie Shields who just came out recently and said, "Nah, Trollo is not fighting Benavides." When the trainer comes out, that is, I mean, like he has no say so, but then he does have a little say so. So that could be saying like, "Let's shut this noise up right now, right?" He said that nah, he's not going to one sixty eight. He's uh he's a belt herder at 160 and he wants to do his fitness at 160. I can respect that. If I mean, yeah. of course, fighters are gonna fight all the time. Right? I mean, they're gonna argue all the time. That's the nature of the business. This bragavado, there's egos involved. But if a guy says, I have a belt here at 160 and I'm gonna defend it, if I go to 168, that's gonna derail my plan. I have no problem with that. He said, Now, if you want to fight me, come to 160. Now, Ryan Shield didn't even say catch weight, come to 160 and we'll do a title fight. You know, and he's not going to do that because he has pro- weight problems. You can tell by his body structure. He's he's a good, strong fighter, but you can tell that he's not a physical marvel as far as like a gym rat. Yeah. You know, he got a little pudge on him, but he's so strong. He ain't worried about that pudge. You know, so what do you think about that? Uh, the, the, the It's funny with the catch weight uh, mentions in the article we talked about a couple episodes, episodes ago. And now Ronnie Shields basically saying, look, we'll fight you at 160, but we're not coming up to 160. I like that. It basically shuts that part of the conversation up so basically mm-hmm. uh you know david's basically talking you know basically just to talk now at this point right get his he, name out there get his name out Had there. some bad news a year off of covid like i said he he's a two-time division champion mm-hmm. with the wbc belt not he just had the he had it the belt twice first was cocaine the second was weight issues or i may have got it back either way we know he lost the belt on the scales and on and on the nose candy so he's on the goodwill hunting tour right now to get this thing going right yeah, exactly, and 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 I think that's the right approach. I think I mean, if he's got his weight issues and his nose, uh, his nose candy issues out of the mm-hmm. way, then he's doing the right thing for his career, basically trying yeah. to guide it in the right direction and stuff. So, and right now, all the other all, all the dance partners that would have been there for him are all tied up in uh, Canelo, the Canelo sweepstakes. So mm-hmm. that's really the reason why he ain't gonna fight Saunders. That's why he's not gonna fight Caleb Plant, and that's why ultimately, I mean, Charlo is he's, he's a name. But he's just one division lower. Yep. And you're not, and you're trying to convince him to come up. And he's, he's a big name. He's a big name. But he's telling yeah. you, he's telling you with the cat weight catch weight comments that uh, maybe there. And there goes Ronnie Shields telling you no mm, one sixty. Right. So basically, they're going to campaign there. So uh, I will, I will say this. I think I said this many times before. Um, Benavides, if you're looking for a dance partner, Edgar Berlanga is out there, folks. Hey, so. They talked about that too. So I mean, he said he would do it the right way. If you want to do it the right way, uh, Berlanga's out there. You can say there's a, there's many guys at 168 that the PDC do have that can make some good quality fights. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you want to go ahead and fight the guy that Canelo lost to, I mean, I won't do that. That's no, no, no. I do that I, I, at this point. <laughs> no, at this point, he says going to 175. Go, uh, well, I'll help you pack. Real, my last thought before we close out here. Um, I think that he could have a chance at Billy Joe Saunders after he loses to Canelo. I'm already saying that right now. Um, if Canelo fights Caleb Plant, I can see he can fight Caleb Plant after that. Then once he loses his belt, because then he's going to fight the guys that who are still in division. And I, I see that happening. Like now this fight's happened and I see him mean off like another four or five months because it's going to be hard for him to find because PBC got a big banner of fighters. So let's see if, let's, if Caleb Plant loses his next fight. I see him and Caleb Plant fighting. Next. Yeah, I, I just see all probably. that happening. The problem with Benavides is that those fights probably will only happen next year. No, yeah, next so, year, 2022. So, so for this year, David Benavides, this year, if you're looking for a fight partner this year, Edgar Berlanga. Mm-hmm. Edgar Berlanga, Edgar Berlanga. Edgar That's all I got to say. Hey, I'm on the Edgar Berlanga tip, too. I want to see that. That would be a knockout. Yeah, so, it ain't going 12 mm-hmm. rounds. That fight's yeah. not going 12. <laughs> on that note, people, we're going to sign off on this episode here. Man, we had a lot of good talk about that here. So, uh, once again, like, subscribe, click on the bell notification for YouTube. Check out all the you can check out the long form podcast videos. And also, what I'm doing too, we're chopping them up too for different segments. So let's say you only have nine to 15, 20 minutes. 
I'm putting it out there too as well for each episode as well. So like, subscribe, click on the bell for the notification for YouTube. Like I mentioned too, we're on all podcast formats. But the main thing too, I want to state though, is that not only are on Spotify as of last week, we're also on Apple Podcasts. So you can listen to us or watch us visually. We're also planning more live stream events on Twitch and YouTube. So be on the lookout for that as well. And also too, you can check me out on my other show, Wednesdays. 8 p.m. Central Time, jump off live on YouTube. Same thing as well. YouTube, we're on Twitch, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're everywhere on that one. So jump off live. So, Jorge, what you got? Uh, live underscore Dominoes on Twitch. That's the, the ch- uh, Twitch channel name, Live underscore Dominoes. Uh, you can catch me there on Wednesdays uh, live from PL Lounge in Chicago, uh, 3456 North Pulaski. And then on Thursdays and Saturdays, we are at La Taberna. Uh, 8 p.m. Central Time starts for all three shows. Uh, I have some schedule changes this week, so I will have that posted on the Twitch uh, channel itself, the information. So check out the schedule there, and you'll see the updates. Okay, good stuff here. So we're going to close out here. Uh, we'll be back, talk more boxing news. There will probably be some more politics and more janky stuff going on. Of course. Yeah, so uh, we're going to sign off here. So for Jorge, a.k.a. Papo, I am that dude named Dave, a.k.a. AKA DJ here. And for BNP Box Now podcast, we are out of here and we'll see y'all again later. Take care. Take care, everybody.